You are tuned in to the Jackson Hole Connection, sharing fascinating stories of people connected to Jackson Hole. I am truly grateful for each of you for tuning in today. And support for this podcast comes from Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling, bringing the Jackson Hole community residential and commercial food waste composting options. Call 307-733-7678 for more information. You know, reading helps me learn and brings me thoughts and ideas that other people are sharing through the process of books and writings. And I enjoy sharing what I learn. And today's quote comes from something I recently read, which is, when we dehumanize and demonize our opponents, we abandon the possibility of peacefully resolving our differences and seek to justify against them. And that's from the wise teachings of Nelson Mandela. And folks, you are listening to episode number 213 of the Jackson Hole Connection. And my guest today is Julie Gutormson. I hope I got that right, Julie, your last name. I'm very sensitive to people's pronunciations of their names. Julie is a mom, a wife, a hard-charging entrepreneur who dedicates so much time and energy to this community we love. And Julie has a story which you don't want to miss, nor do you want to miss learning what her super secret superpower is. Each day, Julie brings her best life to work and to the interactions she has with other people. Before a life-changing event, Julie was training for an Ironman competition, and then, you know what? It happened. Training for an Ironman just says who Julie is and the level at which she performs each day. Since the fitness industry has always been a part of who Julie is, she found the next stage in her life's journey to help people live a healthy life. But Julie's path does not end there. She's also found a way to use her business to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars for the local hospital foundation. What's next for Julie? Well, she's gonna tell you today in this episode. Julie, thank you for joining me here today at the Jackson Hole Connection. It's lovely to see you in your workshop, your sweatshop, your place that you make people work hard for their goals. And hopefully smile. Yes. Well, <laughs> you can work hard and smile at the same time, right? Sure can. Sure yeah. can. Well, let's start off with a little bit of background about you, Julie. So share with us where you were born and how you landed here in Jackson. If it, if you weren't born here in Jackson Hole, were you, were you born here in Jackson? I was not. I was born in Spokane, Washington, Eastern Washington, not even close to Seattle, which is usually the first thing that people ask. And when I say I'm going home, as long as I've lived here, it tends to be I'm going home to visit my parents. They still live in the same house that I was born in. And so going home technically means going home. So Spokane, Washington, born and raised. And then I went to Washington State University, which is in Pullman, Washington, go Cougs. 
and I studied broadcast journalism. That is all I wanted to do was be your local TV news host <laughs> and claw my way to the top of the news business and changed. Along the way, I started teaching step aerobics. I mean, let's really get back to where the fitness was born. And it was late in my high school career should I say, I started teaching step aerobics at a local club and it really just became this amazing little side gig. I had so much fun. So when I say I like to make people smile, that is how fitness was born into my life. It was from the connection of the music and the movement and really just making someone's day better. And I did always love that when I would go to these classes, that, you know, maybe my mom could be with me, but I was there in high school. Some of my friends would come. It was truly this age, all the ages, kind of meeting in one room and doing the same thing. Now, that is really the path I followed once we talk a little more about fitness. But I went to Washington State, studied broadcast journalism, did my internship and got my first job in Bozeman, Montana. So the kicker is I fell in love with mountain life and not the news business. Hmm. So there I was, your local coffee shop girl making you coffee and pastries starting at about four in the morning. At noon, I would go home and shower and be at the television station at one o'clock, do the 10 o'clock news, lather, rinse, repeat. So I could afford to live in a place like Bozeman and ski and play. And so the saga begins, right? And I ended up staying in Montana and falling into hospitality and working for Big Sky Resort, living in Big Sky, Montana. And that was the following five years, which is really where, you know, I can continue on the the journey. But, you know, I fell in love with life in the mountains and what it offered and the friendships and even the career path. I love working in hospitality. So after that, I went to Coeur d'Alene Resort, which was a little closer to home, thought I might you know, make it quote back home, but that was pretty short lived. The golf industry was not for me, <laughs> but I worked in Newport Beach, California. And then I got a call from a headhunter about a job for a hotel to be the director of sales marketing here. And 17, I think it's been 17 years now. It could be 18. I moved, I worked for a hotel and a year into my journey here. I knew I was in love with Jackson. There was never a mystery, but you know, I, I had followed this path of changing hotels and, and locations. And for the first time, I, I felt like I was at home. So I didn't know, you know, if, if the career and the location were one and the same or, you know, why I was following which. And I met my husband the first week I lived here. So there was that but I suffered a stroke and I was 31 years old. And so you do the math, I'm 47 now. And I had three blood clots on the right side of my brain in three major veins. And, you know, I was an athlete. I was training for Ironman. I was, you know, teaching my classes, you know, traveling, doing all the stuff, living the life and something changed and it forever changed me. I was very lucky to walk away healthy. I spent a week in Salt Lake and I left saying in between all of that and these moves, there was always one piece to my puzzle that always made sense. And it was always the fitness component and how it was evolving 
and changing and how I was changing with it and always in love with it. I always loved the group fitness side of things and I loved where it was going. I pretty much grew up with the industry. So it was a lot of fun to see where it was going. And I decided at that point to take fitness on full time. And that is really where the fitness journey begins with Vim. 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 Tell me what, is there a meaning behind the words, the letters Vim or word Vim? Well, why, yes. Thank you for asking. So we have to go back, though, as part of the history, because when I decided- well, I history. I know, history, it's yeah. so good. I'm not in any books yet, but it's, uh, yeah. it's definitely, it's my history, right? So when I took on fitness full-time, I was personal training, working for a local gym, teaching classes, doing the thing. And then I was pregnant and decided it was time to venture into entrepreneurship. And I purchased a, a franchise that at the time it was called Stroller Strides. It's called Fit for Mom now. And it was classes for moms and babies. And we drug our strollers to parks and created this amazing community. And I really had a taste of entrepreneurship and they're necessarily dragging my babies to a workout for mm -hmm. much more than three years was that part came to an end, but I really wanted to do what I loved most, which at the time, and it always really has fallen back to this was indoor cycling. I follow and still do. I'm a Schwinn master trainer, the Schwinn education, and it made sense. It was authentic. If you can't do it outside, we don't do it inside. And this industry is always doing crazy stuff. They think that they need to change things up all the time, but science is science. So Schwinn always stuck by this through their education and really had, and still has one of the most amazing coaching opportunities for anyone to learn and teach great classes to general, to like a wide variety of ages. So I always followed that. I thought that was a piece that was truly missing locally was, you know, what I had learned so much about. So I opened 10 and a half years ago now as Revolution Indoor Cycling here, still here, MovieWorks Plaza. And I became this amazing stop for great indoor cycling classes, amazing indoor cycling classes, great education for my team. And that is what I was known for. You know, what we came to be few months later after I opened, I brought in authentic rowing. I'd always been a personal trainer, you know, for years before I opened and then some strength components. But why most people walked in our door was for a cycling class. And so that is why I opened my studio and it was amazing and fantastic and hard and challenging as is any small business. And then along the way, I really discovered that I wanted to branch out a little more and not only branch out, but I was having a hard time for people to see past the bikes. Hmm. Nobody knew that we had rowing, no matter what I did, or, you know, knew that there was personal training in here or strength options that people could do more than ride a bike. So I decided to rebrand my business. And in fall 2019, so right before the pandemic hit, I went long before that, I started really going on a hunt as far as a name. And I wanted it to be something that reflected me. And during a newscast, I heard this woman being described as having amazing vim and vigor. And 
I always look up these words and even though you know what they mean, there's always many meanings when out in the wild world web hmm. and vim means energy and enthusiasm. So when someone asks if it stands for something, I say, well, you know, it is a word and it means energy and enthusiasm. So oftentimes people hear vim and vigor and I found my word. I found my business name and I went on this amazing rebranding journey of really building a brand from the way that it looks, that it feels to match, you know, so much of what I had created and wanted to continue to create. So Vim was born, but also the pandemic not too far after that. Hmm. So quite a journey. And I took a lot of notes during that time. You know, Dave Erickson? He's a coog. He lives in town. Dave Erickson. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes. So you, you guys have a pretty strong following here in town. Some of you we do. It's so much fun when you run into a coog. All you have to do is say go coogs when you see a sweatshirt. Yeah. I know. Sometimes you guys have a winning Some, day <laughs> once in a while. Season. And that is when we are the strongest <laughs> coogs of all, is when we are winning at anything. Who doesn't now, want to follow a winning team? <laughs> I'm curious about the size of town of maybe I was taking this too literally, just me being cheeky here. But you said that you were born in the house your parents live in. Well, not literally. Okay. But I they brought me home. I mean, okay. for the most part, you know, that's where I came home and right. I didn't leave until I left. So All right. Yeah, no, my grandfather, not that far. <laughs> my grandfather was born in the room he slept in, but that was in the early nineteen oh. hundreds. I don't think people were still, you know. It wasn't the hot thing. My father, they were, when my mom went into labor, the great story though, is that um, my mom said, I, I think I'm going to have this baby. And my dad said, can we wait till Johnny Carson is done? <laughs> She's like, <laughs> no, we cannot. We don't wait. And I arrived yeah. <laughs> before Johnny Carson ended. <laughs> I love it. Can we wait for Johnny Carson? Can we wait? Must've been a good one. You guys must have some really fun conversations around the family dinner table. In Spokane. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Now, was Jane Fonda or Richard Simmons an inspiration to you at all? Absolutely. Going back to good old Spokane, Washington, uh -huh. I remember going to an elementary school gym with my mom. And I don't know if it was Jazzercise, which is still around and thriving, or if it was just a high-low aerobic type class, but I would go and watch my mom. And I remember being in that setting thinking, okay, that's, that's pretty fun. And then she had all the videos at home. She had the Richard Simmons. She had Jane Fonda. She actually still, that's the best part about going quote home is there are a collection of VHS is still in the closet. There was this awful 20 minute workout, but I remember them. I remember the words they used. I, I mean, I love following her story, even how you know, she came to be, she wanted to work out on a movie set. So it was really bringing people together. That was her reasoning to also, you know, selfishly stay fit, but people started following her in that action. And that is kind of what came to be. It always goes back to helping people. Mm -hmm. But I think that our, my industry can be very skewed. Sometimes it, you know, there is a, such a huge connection to movement with other things such as, you know, putting this weight on feeling guilty if you didn't work out, you know, using it as a, a weight loss tool, but there is so much more to fitness. And I discovered that it should be fun. And I 
doesn't always have to be fun. Obviously, there are plenty of workouts that you leave and say that that probably wasn't a lot of fun. But Mm. did I enjoy the people I was with? Was the coach engaging? Was the experience was it worth my time beyond just being a great workout? And that is something I always felt very connected to. It was the mixture that you could make something really challenging, but approachable to all ages, fitness levels, but really create an experience. And that has always been my goal. And really a lot of the evolution for Vim through through revolution, the evolution of the revolution, that's a joke in our house. And through Revolution Indoor Cycling, through Vim, and, you know, who I continue to evolve and grow this brand into, which it's always on my mind, which partially is why I believe I was able to withstand truly the toughest two and a half years in business. Mm -hmm. And I'm not out of the weeds. You know, when you're a seasonal business and you miss some really big seasons with the pandemic, you're waiting for that next season. And I will say for the first time in since the world changed forever in our world, I feel like things are starting to feel right and good. And whatever normal means, at least in these four walls, it feels that hope is alive. And as a business owner and a, a human being, I feel more myself and I'm excited for what's to come. So I'm I'm very happy for you. Thank you. you <laughs> that too. you feel that way and, and you <laughs> can just see the the progression, the positive results that you put into the business, mm-hmm. especially after what the pandemic did to so many businesses. I'm glad to see that you're still here and thriving. And there's, I think, some things that you've been doing over the past 10 years since you started your business that have helped probably people know who you are and to support you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about your health and what happened there. Knowing you and working out with you before, I would never think that you've had a stroke before. Mm-hmm. You don't seem as though that you're the typical image of what a stroke patient is or recovery from. But your stroke, what was that like for you? And did how healthy you were, did that help with the recovery process? I would definitely say yes. I mean, there is a a mixture, you know, obviously, I didn't have the type of stroke that maybe grandma would have. Mm. You know, it was Definitely, there was a blockage in the brain. I was lucky to catch it. I grew up. I grew up in a house where my parents used to say, "We don't have money, but we have great insurance." And I don't know if anyone can say that anymore. <laughs> but great insurance was a thing, and so keeping ourselves healthy was, you know, one of the luxuries that I had. So we would, if something didn't feel right, we would go to the doctor. So I, I carry that to this day. I don't like to be uncomfortable. I don't like to hurt. I don't like to be sick. And time is money. Let's get real here. Mm-hmm. So it, it started with a headache, what felt like a headache, but it was really, it ended up being this blockage to my brain and from these clots. And there is a mixture of, if I were going through the same situation now at 47, almost 50, and going through it when I did when I was 31, <laughs> the stories, like I wouldn't have done the same thing. You know, I I was teaching classes and being like, oh, I have a headache. And I had a nurse who it still comes to my classes to this day. This was long before I opened, said, you need to go in. This isn't right. And I'm like, you're right. And I would go in. But even, you know, our our system here is totally different now than it was all those years ago. Like they would have been able to 
treat me and answer the questions that at that time they couldn't. So I, you know, I kept going back and that was really the answer. So it was being an advocate for myself. And then, you know, luckily they sent me to Salt Lake and, and took care of me. And I was able to come home just kind of with this new vision of what I wanted my day-to-day to look like. Recovery was, I was very lucky. I didn't I didn't go through a lot of those symptoms that people went through the, you know, whether it's from voice or visual or numbness, I did not have any of that, which proves that kind of like if someone talks about COVID, everyone has a different experience. A stroke can be the exact same thing. So I would absolutely say that my health and also maybe a bit of um, ignorance (laughs) <laughs> being 31 and living in this place. And I couldn't wait to get back to running outside and teaching classes. And what did I have to do to get there? I was training for Ironman. I had to talk to a neurologist about what training for an Ironman after this experience looked like. And I don't think I would do that now. So I would say the answer is absolutely yes to everything. You know, and I also think that mentally I am a positive person and there's not a lot that I feel like can stop me. Doesn't mean that things don't stop me, but I definitely know that that helps. So the answer is yes. I'm with you that I feel that being positive makes a big difference with mm-hmm. when you feel something is coming around your way or you are, you really do feel something, something bad happens to you. Knowing how to be positive can make such a difference to dig yourself out of. Yeah, or to keep you above it. I will say that, you know, over the past few years, just not knowing if, you know, your business and for me, my business is one of my babies. It's definitely, you know, my kids obviously come first. But when you spend as many hours on your business, I knew at some point I would continue to make it, but I had to ask myself if I wanted to. And that part of the positive side was, do you still love what you do? Do you love coming in? And there were days I I didn't love coming in. I mean, some days it was not a lot of fun to come in here. But for the most part, the experience that I could create, even when it was for one or two people or the people that, you know, I now have on virtual because I worked through that progression to an on-demand platform. I feel like when you make the, the human connection and keep your positive attitude and try to figure out like, you know, is all of it worth it? that's a big question. Is it worth it? It has remained worth it. So. And I like how you rebranded to show that you have more than just cycling. And I want to ask about some cycling stuff Yeah. because uh, there's a big monster in the room in the world of cycling and people being at home. Absolutely. But you mentioned authentic rowing. I've never heard of that. What is that? Well, authentic from the sense that in the fitness industry, we tend to take equipment and maybe if somebody doesn't know a lot about it, you break down technique, you break down form. And what I loved about the Indo Row program that I brought in 10 years ago now was that it was authentic. So if somebody rode crew in college and they, if you know anyone that rows crew, they are very sensitive to their sport as they should be because they are beasts. And that is authenticity to its finest. It's, you know, somebody out on the, the tour, it's authenticity at, at their finest. Nobody out on the tour 
is doing push-ups on their bike and and doing shimmies. They're riding a bike <laughs> and they're efficient and they're incredibly strong and powerful. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the same. You you can almost take any piece of equipment that has been brought into a group setting and some people figure out how to combine the entertainment factor with the authenticity, which makes a class very engaging. And that is what I loved about the Indoro program. So somebody who rode crew, rose on the water, can come in and take a class and find that while obviously it's not like going to row at the head of the Charles, it is an efficient workout and similar to what they're used to. So rowing at a lower stroke rate more efficiently and more powerfully versus telling someone to get on a rower who doesn't know how to row and say, you're going to run a thousand meters as fast as you can. And then somebody gets up and says, gosh, rowing hurts my back. Well, the odds are you're not rowing correct. So we teach efficiency and form. And that's really the same on the bike. Does that make sense? So authentic, true to its natural form, right? True to same on a rower. We're not going to do inside what you don't do outside. I think it makes complete sense because, Mm -hmm. gosh, I can't tell you how many times I've been to a gym or a different gym and you see somebody doing a push-up and it's like, what are you doing? And, and that's just with a push-up. And so okay. I'm, it goes across all activities right. in, in the world of exercise. Are you doing it authentically to where your body is working efficiently and you're getting the f- maximum benefit of the exercise to where also you don't injure yourself? Right. So in, I believe I mentioned, I'm a Schwinn indoor cycling master trainer. So I travel, which hasn't been a lot over the past few years, but I travel to locations and bring up the next generation of indoor cycling coaches through Schwinn. So I am hired to go out to do trainings by Schwinn, which when someone says, how does this happen? It was not only, I mean, I think I took my first Schwinn training in 2004 and I took it many times after that. But it was years. I mean, I I can't even tell you seven, five to seven years of true dedication and training to become a master trainer through Schwinn. But it's an honor to get to go out and do this. And and sometimes you're at a training and people will they know exactly what they want to do when they leave the studio and or, you know, your studio or a gym, wherever you're doing the training. But because there is so much noise out there now, if if I can get one person to think why, like if you can't say why you're doing an exercise, there is something missing. For instance, push-ups on a bike are trendy. It's very trendy. You don't know sometimes what you're walking into when you go into a a studio setting or whether it's their specific in indoor cycling or not. And this might be a move that somebody does. But if you think about what a push-up is, since we're talking about a push-up, a push-up is, you know, it is a body weight exercise and you cannot create body weight in a, a flexed position, just a fact, but it's a move. And somewhere along the way, somebody made it the gospel and said that you could burn a gajillion calories doing these fancy moves. But at the end of the day, cycling is a cardiovascular sport. It is not a strength workout. (laughs) You cannot make it a strength workout. You're strengthening your heart and your lungs. But the only way to burn more calories is to be more efficient. And that means adding resistance you know, working at a scientifically, you know, within a window from cycling science of leg speed, revolutions per minute, your RPMs, putting those together, 
That is what makes you more powerful and helps you burn more calories. Not taking off the resistance, picking up your leg speed, and then doing the Macarena. Stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight. So it's been a journey because there's times I've been doing this since I made up things on the bike 150 years ago, because that's what we did. We got these bikes mm-hmm. and Johnny G, who was a professional cyclist, he was doing his thing. But to us, you know, who may have been in the group fitness room, we we're like, well, this is a little boring. So over the years, as Schwinn brought the fun of what was happening in the group fitness room together with the science of making it the most you know, effective and efficient workout possible, that is where like the light bulb went on. And that is where, you know, those whys should come in. And as a fitness professional, you should be able to say why. And if you don't, this is a lot of times, you know, working with people, sometimes it can be overwhelming to learn this whole new formula. And how am I going to teach it on Monday? Well, you're not, you're going to take one thing that you liked from this weekend, and you're going to try and incorporate it. Because maybe you have to recreate your whole wheel based on what you've said. But just ask yourself, why? Why am I doing this? What is it going to do to them? And just being fun isn't good enough. It is not good enough. Because eventually, your iWatch is going to tell you that you're not really burning very many calories. And you're going to start noticing what other people are doing. And you're not going to see results. And, you know, we like to see results. So. Yeah, we are result-oriented individuals, people, mm-hmm. society. So Julie, I want to hear more about the monster in the room, the big gorilla in the room. For, oh, sure. For, you know, indoor cycling and in at home and such, because you mentioned that you do training with people, you do a virtual training, but mm-hmm. there's something big that you've been doing for our community for, for many years now. And I want you to share that. But first, we're going to take a quick break to get a word from one of our sponsors, and then we're going to come back and talk about your generosity. Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling estimates that approximately 3,954 tons of food waste are disposed in the trash right here in Teton County every year. This makes food waste the next frontier material in the quest to achieve our county's goal to reduce waste and recycle more which will help us aim for zero waste. For more information on Teton County Integrated Solid Waste and Recycling's Curb to Compost Commercial Food Waste Program, visit tetoncountywy.gov recycle and join today. Julie, welcome back. You have so much energy and insight into the fitness and health industry and and what you do. And you're running a business. You're a business person, a small business person. And COVID did a number on you. But even before COVID, when it, your business is, is branded as Vim, it's named Vim. But before mm-hmm. you started, that was in your indoor, was it indoor revolution cycling? Revolution indoor cycling. See, that uh-huh. was number 975. Why I had to change it. <laughs> I had the words right, but just in the wrong order. Oh, man. That email address still causes nightmares having to repeat that one. Oh, Julie. <laughs> the liquor store has been in business for since 19, oh. for over 35 years, and people still call us Plaza Liquors <laughs> or Teton Liquors. Teton Liquors. I bought the URL, Teton Liquors. You, I mean, you can't beat them, buy them, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. I didn't buy Plaza Liquors or the URL for Plaza Liquors. That's somebody else. That one's done. No. That one's done. 
All right. So, Vim, but you've been doing something big for our community. Why don't you? Why don't I you? I would love to talk about it. Talk about it because it's big. It's big. It is, it, well, it is, and it became something so magical and not even surprising. But, you know, let's go back because we love history. We're history buffs, aren't we? Yes. Teach yes. history. So, when I opened my studio, I have a lot of mentors in the industry and they work for a lot of uh, larger, sexy chains that do amazing things globally. And, you know, early on, I knew I was meant for small town life, but you can't get away from, you know, what some of those big city, amazing locations serves up and their reach is so huge. So I followed an event called Cycle for Survival, which some of you may know, it's a team cycling event that raises money for Sloan Kettering and I, uh, which is rare, rare cancer research. And I was like, it still gives me goosebumps to not only know what they were doing when I was following them and the magic that created, but to see what they continue to do, because they are like, I am looking up at Big Brother all the time to see what they're up to. But I knew I wanted to do something like that. I wanted to do something for that's bigger than myself. And when I opened, I really just thought, okay, well, why don't I just host a, you know, like a satellite event, which I could do, but there was something I knew I could take this amazing model and turn it into Julie, right? So Julie had a stroke, right? So I approached St. John's Health Foundation and said, okay, I've got this idea. Here's what they're doing. I feel like we can create it and do it, you know, my way. And would you guys be interested? It was very overwhelming at the thought of the the raising the funds and what to do with the funds and making sure the funds go in the right place. And that part was overwhelming. I knew, I know what my gifts are and it is to create an experience and to bring people together. So we teamed up. I mean, they never said no to me for over all these years. They were like, let's do it. Let's do it. The bigger my ideas got, the more we were in. So the first two years, let's see, year one was, was it 2015? We we had five. Last one was 2020. It was the biggest, most amazing party. And then days later, the world stopped. And we raised $16,000 the first year. And it was out of the gate, a great success. I, you know, sold most of the bikes I had here in the studio and people showed up and we were so excited. Year two, it changed even more. And all of a sudden we were up to 23,000. And then we outgrew the space, which is my studio. So we had brought bikes in, borrowed some from Thane, and every year has been so amazing. And when I when I get sad, I like to look up at those photos and mm. kind of remind myself the the cool things that have happened over the years in these in these four walls. And then we moved to Dancers Workshop, and let's see, year three we raised fifty three thousand. Year four. Oh my gosh, I can't believe now that's how long I have remembered. It was almost 100,000. Maybe we did get to, I think we did get to 100. And then 2020, it was 117,000. So the impact financially kept growing. People still talk about it like it was yesterday. And it never was a, a surprise what it became. It just was a maybe a surprise that it happened as fast as it did. And to let you know what it is, it's a four-hour team cycling event. So we will have teams of up to four people. It's four hours. People split up the ride however you want to. It is a costume party. It is the best dance party you will ever go to on 
what used to be a Sunday morning. We're switching things up, but it was on daylight savings. That was an hour less of sleep people had. People showed up and brought it always. I mean, and the best music and the most amazing sponsors. And it blew me away. And then there we were a week later with everything shutting down and we had raised this money and done something amazing and knock on wood, nobody had COVID. It was not a super spreader event. And we were able to walk away from just the most amazing day. And then the world stopped. So Mm. nobody wants to sweat in a room over the past few years with a bunch of people. What do you do? We put it on. Went outside. Yeah, I, well, we did try and revive it, but you know, I mean, with the work that goes into it is huge and Mm -hmm. St. John's, you know, they were working on their own massive undertakings and I just, I sat and waited and the wheels turned and there were days where I was, I was sad. It was really sad. I mean, it's, it's so much fun. And that is where all these little pieces of my heart were kind of like ripped out. Luckily, I know how to put it back together, but, you know, two and a half years is a long time. Mm -hmm. So over that time, I really started processing my dreams. I'm a dreamer. There is no doubt about it. And I always wanted this to be bigger every year. So what does bigger look like? Means more people, more bikes, better entertainment. Why not take it on the road as well? I mean, why can't I recreate this opportunity in other mountain towns and other communities to raise money for different issues? And so I have been all over and now we have been in the process of creating Rock the Ride to be under a new umbrella, which is called Rock On Society, society where we rock on, right? And rockonsociety.org, if anyone's interested, we are cruising to get first things first, rock the ride back up and running. And we are looking at Saturday, probably afternoon. There's definite pieces of this puzzle that will all come out together, but changing it from a Saturday morning event to a Saturday afternoon into the evening event and looking at kind of changing that vibe a little bit. But you have a date yet? I'm sorry, March 11th, March 11th, Saturday, March 11th. So it has always been the second weekend of March. And part of that was that is the weekend that I opened Revolution Indoor Cycling. It was March and March 12th, I believe. And instead of doing the traditional happy birthday business to your business, which is lovely. It's a milestone. I wanted to create Rock the Ride as my way to give back on every year I get, I'm lucky enough to still be in business. So that is that weekend. We're sticking with that weekend, but we're going to, we're going to test the waters on a different vibe, but it's, it is coming together. I had my first board meeting and I have an amazing board and we are so excited to the brand is, it's beautiful. <laughs> it is beautiful. I'm so excited to launch it and to, you know, let our community get back to planning something fun like this. I love it. And I'm going to the website right now, Rock the Ride. Yeah. Right? Wait, Rock no, the Ride. Uh, no, 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 no. It's Rock, rock on, on Society. society. Rock so the goal is you can create under Rock On Society, Rock the Ride. Rock the Ride is an event. It's its own beast, but it is under the society. We also did a Rock the Row event. I drug rowers out to the base of 
under the tram and we did a little event out there and I raised some money. That was one summer. It's been a long time. That was taking rowers to the base of the ski hill was a lot of work. Not saying I'll never do it again, but we, you know, where you can create, I don't want to be tied to the bikes, right? Similar to Revolution Indoor Cycling. We can take Rock the Ride and put it anywhere, but what else could we do? You know, in working with my partners, Core Health and Fitness owns Schwinn. They also own Nautilus, Stairmaster, they own a handful of really amazing brands, but their headquarters, they will do events there. And why would I want to tie myself to, you know, just a bike when maybe it's a rock the rock the stair climber, rock the climb, rock anything. I have Versa climbers over my head. You know, that's that has been part of the change over the past few years, offering all these great new options. And we don't have to stop at a bike, but let's get real. It's where the party's gonna relaunch. And I am so excited. So excited. I'm but thrilled it's, it's, for uh, you. Thank you. It's a lot of work. And I will say there's no mystery. It's a lot of work. But the first year, the money is definitely going back to the Stroke and Cardiac Fund that St. John's created. That is the fund where, you know, if you suffer all ages, stroke can happen to anyone. Funds are released to those people blindsided by the costs and care of their situation and recovery, whether it's gas cards or you know, a night, a hotel somewhere. There's just so many situations that people are in that cost so much money. So that is what that fund will continue to help. Year one, it is most definitely St. John's Health Foundation. And I can't wait to work with them again on this. So, and then what was I going to say? Oh, I mean, my brain is, I'm forming my own circus. I just want you to know this. I've dreamt of it. You have no idea. Any excuse to get my baton out is, is worthy. Do you want to talk about your baton? Oh, do you not go to the 4th of July parade? <laughs> I, a year ago. I do, ago, but not you, everybody I was, listening might I realize know. what's going on at the 4th of July parade okay. with your baton. So there we are in Spokane, Washington. And as a young child, I took baton lessons one summer with a girlfriend. And when winter rolled around, my girlfriend really didn't like twirling the baton. And she was going to start ski racing. And her parents said, do you want to ski race with my friend? And I was like, no, I would like to continue to twirl the baton. So I don't know if that's a story that anyone else has in Jackson. There's few of us baton twirlers, but as far as passing up ski racing for baton twirling. So I had this skill. I, you know, I did it through most of high school. I opted out of college and for step aerobics and not embarrassing myself in front of 20,000 people at a football game, which I would do it. Oh, bring it back. If I could do it again, I'd do it in a heartbeat. I have no problem embarrassing myself. You should be on the high school football games on the Friday night. I think that's what my 13-year-old daughter would like me to do. She's like, you know what we should do, mom? Get you at the games. So I pull it out at the at the 4th of July parade. I started with the Melvin bus years ago. They took me on. And then when the Melvin bus disappeared, I helped uh, Jenny when we did Save the Block. I mm-hmm. I basically volunteer my services to the, the most fun group with the most music. Okay. And then this year, Jill Sassy and I, if you know Jill, we hung out with the Teton Board of Realtors. But next year, there just might be a Rock On Society float that I will be able to serve up my gifts to. <laughs> I, love I do love trolling that baton, man. It is so fun. I love it. Hey, Julie, we have just a little bit of time left. Okay. So do you want to talk very briefly about the difference of the type of workout that you offer versus mm-hmm. maybe somebody that has a big old screen on their 
bike at their house and that type of workout or, you know, the virtual workouts that you offer? Yeah. Well, you know, I think what's interesting is that this industry as have many, I'm, I just know my world for the most part, you know, it's, it's changed drastically. And a lot of maybe what I didn't think was that great years and years ago, not thinking that you could be an in-person experience. I believe now that there is a time and place for everything. And, you know, there are certain seasons of life where, or your week in general, where, you know, people can't, they don't have the luxury to leave and go take a class or go to the gym. So, you know, I think one of the best things for myself and for my studio during the, um, the, the darkest days was I immediately embraced the virtual world. And I kept people going. I rented bikes. I rented, I had 56 bikes for Rock the Ride, which I don't have anymore. I had to sell them. So I'll be fundraising very soon. But I embrace the virtual world. So people can stay connected with the Vim experience. And so for that, sometimes it's just the people. You know, I mean, we really figured out the the sound quality and the visual quality. So that was probably over a year in the making. But you know, when it comes to walking in the doors, I personally, you can't beat the indoor or the in-person experience. And I think the community that we have created where people talk to each other and say hi and and feel feel a connection to the people they're in class with is something that I I hope we never have to face again. People will have to face it in just their seasons of life, but I truly hope that the in-person experience is here to stay. I I as well, because mm-hmm. we get so much more out of being in person and together. I know. So I did, I embraced a lot of different variety. And that was, I called it my midlife crisis, was the purchasing of fitness equipment, because I knew 25 people in a room to get on a bike and sweat together wasn't going to be a thing. I didn't know if that was ever or not. So I brought back my trampoline classes that I used to teach at forever ago in my 20s. I I have Versa climbers, I have nine Versa climbers and we do group classes on climbing machines. And, and then we still, we brought in a, a new strength and conditioning component. So there's a little bit of mix of everything, which I will say has been just the most fun, the most fun to have variety. It was good forced variety. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, I'm glad that you're thriving and surviving, surviving and thriving. Yes. And your energy is certainly something that is infectious and other people can follow along and learn from you, Julie. And and I appreciate it. I'm glad it came with me to the other side of this. I'm very grateful that it did as well. (laughs) Indeed. And Julie, if somebody wants to reach out and connect with you, what is or are great ways for them to connect with you? Well, from a studio component, VimStrong, V-I-M, strong.com is the direct link to get to, to our studio website. We're located at MovieWorks Plaza, right next to the dry cleaner. If you have anything dry cleaned, you are walking right by me. And, and then, you know, we are on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, everything. And if you want to get in touch with me personally, I will tell you, anytime you email call the studio, it goes direct to me. That is not really a secret, but here I am 10 and a half years later. I am always the person on the other line. So I'm here. 
it is, it's definitely a labor of love, but I don't mind it at all. Well, you said it's definitely hard and you were talking about organizing Rock the Ride. I think everything which it has success is hard. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there is absolutely. No such, there is no such thing as easy. Some stuff might look easy from the outside looking in. Right. Dang it, I tell you, it's hard. But what you know is that when you can see and taste and smell what the potential is on the other side, it's at 100% worth it. That's right. It so is. Julie, I so appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. It's been Thank you. Fabulous. Thank to, you. To learn about you and them. And I wish you all the best and vibrant them successes. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Take care, Julie. See you soon. Bye. Bye. To learn more about Julie, her business, Vim, her nonprofit, and her life, visit the jacksonholeconnection.com episode number 213. Folks, get out there and share this podcast with your friends, families, just the person you bumped into at the coffee shop. Remember, saying hello to somebody can spread so much joy and gratitude and do so much wonder for other people. Thank you for listening. Thank you for everybody who tunes in each week. And I appreciate you sharing your time with me. Cheers till next week when I see you right back here for another episode of the Jackson Hole Connection.